0: Nor yet the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day, they fulfilled them in condemning him. That is Jesus. And though they found no cause of death in him, yet desired they, Pilate, that he should be slain. And when they had fulfilled all that was written of him, they took him down from the tree and laid him in the sepulcher. But God raised him from the dead, And he was seen many days of them, which came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses unto the people. And we declare unto you glad tidings, how that the promise which was made unto the fathers, God hath fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that he hath raised up Jesus again. As it is also written in the second psalm, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And as concerning that, he raised them up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption. He said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Wherefore he saith also in another psalm, thou shalt not suffer thy holy one to seek corruption. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid unto his father's And saw corruption, but he, that's Jesus, whom God raised again, saw no corruption. Be it known unto you therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. Beware, therefore, lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold ye despisers, and wonder, and perish, for I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. And when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. Now in the congregation was broken up many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas who speaking to them persuaded them to continue in the grace of God and the next Sabbath day came almost a whole city together to hear the word of God but when the Jews saw the multitudes they were filled with envy and spoke against those things which were spoken by Paul contradicting and blaspheming then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said it was necessary that the word of God should first be spoken to you but seeing you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life lo we turn to the Gentiles For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldst be for salvation to the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region. But the Jews stirred up the devout and honorable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coasts. But they shook off the dust of their feet against them and came into Iconium. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost as far the word of God let's sing together from Psalter the congregation is it's almost the end of October and we remember in 1517 October 31 Martin Luther nailed the 95 Theses on the church door in Wittenberg as a glimmer of light into a dark world no one at that time apart from God would have known what that would result into the great reformation a great return of not only the church but even the world back to the word of God and that's something we desperately need again But as I was thinking this week and suddenly hear about a man whose name I never heard before Mike Johnson after all this arguing and bickering to get a speaker of the house comes this man to the foreground unanimously voted for who is an unashamed Christian when he was speaking to the house He was having the papers, but he had this Bible right beside him. And somebody asked him about what his policies are. He says, read your Bible. If you have a Bible, read it. He says, then you'll find out what my policies are going to be. Who would have thought of that? A glimmer of light in a dark place. Who knows what God will yet do? It's the same God who worked the Reformation in a dark place is now still in control. So as I was thinking desperately need reformation, I was somewhat encouraged maybe we do get a reformation. Another great awakening, however impossible that may seem. So our theme for this evening, afternoon, is the word of God, because that made a difference. And we want to look at that from Acts 13. I'll just read verse 46 now. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said that it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, Jews. But seeing you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. The word of God anticipated, contradicted, and celebrated so first the word of God anticipated some Jews but mostly Gentiles evidently we saw that in verse 42 when the Jews were gone out of the synagogue the Gentiles besought us pleaded that these words these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath and then 44 then the next Sabbath came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God Now, of course, we don't necessarily believe that the entire city came, but who knows? Maybe it was the whole city. Because we read in the following verse that there were multitudes, crowds, gathering to hear the word of God. To hear more about what they heard before, about the glad tidings we read, the word of salvation that we read, the gospel, God's spell. Originally meaning simply good news. That's what the word gospel means. God's spell. Good news. Full free forgiveness through Jesus Christ. They hunger and thirst for righteousness. As I said this morning, people wander around the world. They they, they look for something. They want to find that fulfillment, that longing that's in all of us. But many people cannot find it because they're stumbling through the darkness. They don't know about the light of the world. We do. You see, when you see here in this anticipation, you see their excitement. Doesn't it come through? To find finally the answer for the deepest longing of their being, soul and body, The Prince of Light, who did come as Paul preached to do what we could not and would not do to live perfectly, to pay the sacrifice, the price on our behalf, to obey and to pay. That's what he came to do. Through his death, not being defeated by death, but conquering death. Destroying death on our behalf. As someone, one of the Purians said, the death of death and the death of Christ. The way to life. the Resurrection. No more uncertainty. Because that's what all these other religions were about. Even many religions today. Even within the church like do your best and God will do the rest or simply I hope for the best that's what these people try to do no it's about the sure mercies of David You read sure mercies sure that means certain mercies in plural abundant mercy abundant redemption so salvation is not just possible it is sure for those who do go to this prince of light and forsake the prince of darkness no wonder these people are excited they found finally what their heart's deepest longing is this is our deepest longing congregation we will not be fulfilled we will not be satisfied unless we delight ourselves in the lord psalm 37 Everything else falls short. So we see here their excitement, but also their zeal. They get everybody else together. They must have talked to one person after the next because the whole city came together. All these people came because they heard something they'd never heard before. Their excitement produced a zeal. Does that with you too? And with me, I so often have to say that. I'm, I mean, I'm preaching it, but am I living it? I'm professing it, but am I practicing it? Let's examine ourselves. How excited are you? Am I? About this, these people were very excited, and that translated in a zeal. They couldn't be silent about it. They had to talk to, about, to other people. You see, if you have true appreciation of this good news, the best news... You can't keep silent. You can't keep it to yourself. So these Gentiles, they found life. The bread of life. The water of life. So satisfying. They couldn't resist to bring everybody in and his friends and brothers and sisters along to church. The next Sabbath day. to bring others. Just like the angel told the disciples, go and tell. But you've seen the risen, no you have not, you've seen the empty grave. He is risen, he is alive. Go and tell other people. And they did. In spite of all opposition, in spite of all unexpected, even the disciples didn't expect it. But once they got it, they were filled with zeal. What a, great evidence of faith working through love to tell other people about it and you see about that seal in not only in verse 44 but even in 49 later on then it says the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region they didn't stop just at the city they went beyond the city into the whole region the whole country who knows how far they went telling about the good news maybe you should say the best news that anyone ever can get so we see their excitement their zeal but we see also their focus their focus is the word of God the word of God just maybe you have heard it before but when Luther at the end of his life at some point he was praised that he had done so much good for the church and of course, he had been the instrument of God, but Luther said an answer I never forget. He said simply this I did nothing, the Word did everything. And that's it. It's the Word that does it. You see, it was not their zeal, although God used it, it was not their eloquence, they were not all gifted to speak. Maybe they stumbled over their words. Maybe you feel the same thing when you witness to somebody else, you go, oh, poor job. No. And maybe it's good that you thought it was a poor job so that you don't walk away with the praise of self. There's no, no ex- impressive gimmicks to get people into church. Many churches today have lost sight of this and catered to the desire of man more than to the will of God. They go by the world's way instead of by the word way. Trying to entertain people, make them feel good, give them a good time. But you see, it's not about what people want, what we want, but what God wants and wills. And he has made his will known in his word. That's why it's so crucial important to be in the word every day. Let the word do its work. Children, as soon as you can begin to read, read the Bible. Even if you don't understand everything, it doesn't matter. And when you open your Bible, remind yourself at times, I'm not just reading a book. God is speaking to me right now. And he's telling me exactly what I need. That's how we should read the Bible. So, not what I will, but what God will. Not my will, but thy will be done, as Jesus himself even prayed. So, the focus was on the Word of God. The people heard not just Paul speak, but God was speaking through Paul. And they recognized it, they believed it. It's the Word of God, or you could say the God of the Word. The living Word, not just the written Word, the Lord Jesus himself. By His Spirit, by His Word. Did you notice how the phrase the word of God or the word of the Lord is used four times in these few verses? It keeps coming back, 44. They came together to hear the word of God. 46, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken. 48, and when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And 49, and the word of the Lord was published. Well, if something is repeated four times, you better believe that it's extremely important. It's all, as it were, drilled in us, isn't it? The Word of God. And we know, of course, now too, that it's not just the Word on paper, but it's the living Word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld this glorious beauty. If indeed you have believed. The written... And the living word. It's not just a promise, but it's a person. This is what God meant it to be that we have the word read and preached, meeting with God through His Son, the Lord Jesus. Perhaps you've thought about it sometimes where I did when I was younger. I thought, Wouldn't it be nice if the Lord Jesus would have stayed upon the earth? I could have gone to see him. But then I realized. Then we would have bound Jesus to one spot. Now he says I will send you the comforter. The Holy Spirit. So now He can be everywhere at once. According to his divinity. And his humanity of course is in glory. So we can meet with the Lord Jesus Christ. Anytime. Anywhere. As soon as we open the word. So my question is how much do we do you do I treasure that and use it it's no accident that, that the word of God or the word of the Lord is many, uh, mentioned several times it's part of God's plan part of God's purpose to make himself known this way that's why it's so important to be evangelized reach out into the world just like these people did Gentiles don't forget outsiders they were excited about it many believed in this Jesus the Christ the Messiah the God man who is and was and is the mediator between God and man who brought the word down to us and brings us back up Emmanuel God with us. Greatly anticipated, believed by many, but also, as we see in the second point, contradicted. And the sad thing, contradicted by God's covenant people, by the Jews. Do you realize how amazing this is? God's very own people But it's nothing new, as we heard this morning, of course, from Hosea. Anticipated mostly by the Gentiles, the outsiders, but contradicted by the Jews. And the first thing we see there is their envy. Verse 45, instead of being glad, they were envious, they were angry. When the Jews saw the multitudes, verse 45, they were filled with envy and spoke against those things which were spoken by Paul. So they spoke against these words, contradicting and blaspheming. As I mentioned before, if you really know something about this, you cannot be neutral. It's impossible to be neutral when you hear the word of God. It either changes you for the good, for the better, or for worse. It either enlivens you or it deadens you, it hardens you. If you have not yet taken refuge to Christ, do not delay, because tomorrow your hardness of the heart will be worse. If you have fled to him, thank him and reappreciate him and say, Lord, grant me something of that zeal that these people had, that it would not be like these Jews. You see, it's a life and death matter. It's not like being neutral. It's either being violently against it or excitedly for it. Like Paul himself, he experienced that. He, he saw both sides of the coin. He, at the first, resisted it too, just the same. He hated it. He fought it. And then he became the, one of the greatest advocates ever. When the Lord changed him from being a persecutor of Jesus to a preacher of Jesus. What a transformation. And he sees it also in the people. He's seen it several times already as he goes from place to place. The opposition is from the Jews and the appreciation is from the Gentiles. That's why he eventually stopped going to the synagogues. He preached at other places. You see, in verses 38 through 41, 38 and 39, he speaks about the promise. He's he's speaking to the Gentiles and the Jews together. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, Jesus, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins, and by him all that believe are justified from all things, from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Or by any law. Or by any religion. It's only through the Lord Jesus who died. And who was risen from the dead. By faith in him. That's the only way to life. And that's the sad thing that. Not only the Jews. But many other religions have. Keep trying. To do your best. Hopefully, you will be good enough to appear before God or before the gods of the world, whatever they had in mind. So that's the promise. He says you cannot be saved by the law, but by faith you can. That's really what, of course, the gospel was all about in the Reformation. Back to the word. Back to saved by grace through faith. Luther discovered from Romans one seventeen. Suddenly he realized it is by faith. By grace through faith. But then he also warned the people. In verse 40 and 41. Beware therefore lest that come upon you. Which is spoken of in the prophets. Habakkuk 1. Behold you despisers, scoffers. And wonder and perish. For I work a work in your days. A work which you shall in no wise believe. Though a man declare it unto you. In other words what Paul is saying. You do exactly what the prophet said would happen. Don't you realize what you're doing? So here are these people. They come together. And we see that they're filled with envy or with jealousy. But there's more to that Greek word here than just envy. Actually, in the original, it is zealous, which is zeal. And I'm sure the Apostle Paul recognized that too. When he went about, he had a great zeal because he thought he was defending the truth while promoting the lie. And later on he writes in Romans 10 verse 2 that these people have a zeal of God or for God but not according to knowledge. You know, if only the Apostle Paul would have the people there to keep the Ten Commandments and to keep going to the tabernacle and keep sacrificing he would have been welcomed by the Jews but he told them very plain that it's not by the law you couldn't do it you wouldn't do it you're unable to do it because God demands perfection and the only way to get that perfection is through Christ who earned it and he also applies it by his word and spirit so the keeping of the moral law the ten commandments wouldn't do it the the, keeping of the ceremonial law wouldn't because the blood of animals could not save anyone from sin it was only the blood of the Lamb of God the Lord Jesus Christ so these people had an envy but they had a a misplaced zeal You can see that sometimes in other religions too how how full of zeal they are puts us to shame But then we see also, second, their rejection. Very plain. 46. Paul and Barnabas said it was necessary that the word of God, the second time, the word of God, should first be spoken to you, Jews. You were the privileged of God's people. It was first revealed to you. Already from Abraham and all. But, he says, seeing you put it from you, and judge yourself unworthy of everlasting life. Lo, we turn to the Gentiles. As it were to say, okay Jews, if you do not want to hear what you know you should hear, we're going to turn to the Gentiles. That's a beautiful picture to consider a congregation because unless any one of you has Jewish blood, if you and I would have been born during the first 4,000 years of this world, we would have died in darkness, because it was only this little country, Israel, that had the Word of God and the Word of the Living God, or the Living Word of God. So now, to the Gentiles, of course, the Pentecost already was the beginning of that, of the expansion. So they rejected, not just Paul, but God. I want you to understand that when you reject the word of God, you reject the God of the word. And we know that what's happened and what's happening today in this world as the Jews in Jerusalem when they, when they cried out crucify him, crucify him but Pilate said he's innocent he repeated that several times they said his blood be upon us and upon our children they didn't realize what they were saying anti-semitism has been continually and it's on the rise again not to excuse what happened in Israel what the Hamas and others are doing not to excuse that but at the same time they invited this to come upon them they rejected their Messiah and God says now I'll bring it to the rest of the world of course it was all planned by God Abraham was going to be called a father of many nations not just one nation but this this hatred that animosity is is fulfilled to this very day It has been throughout the ages, for 2,000 years. And we see increasingly people also, even in our own country, supporting the terrorists in Gaza. Somebody once said the Jews are having the longest captivity. If they thought that 70 years was long in Babylon, if they thought that 400 plus years in Egypt was long, think about it again. 2,000 years of spiritual captivity. They rejected the Lord their God and suffered the consequences. Not to excuse whatever people do against other people, but they invited. God's judgment upon themselves they didn't just reject Paul but they rejected God against better knowledge they knew as we heard this morning too they they knew from just like the people of Israel in Hosea's day knew Hosea 4 6 we heard that this morning my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because I rejected knowledge it's not a lack of knowledge like I never knew The lack of knowledge was a result of the rejecting knowledge. So it's one thing to know, it's another thing to do. Because I have rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. So you've seen the their resistance we have seen their contradiction we have seen their hardening so we see their envy, their rejection and their hardening the third one, so it's not just a passive rejection, I want you to understand it's not just a letting go it's not kind of like leaving God alone That's one thing. It is bad enough. But it's an active rejection. It's a fighting against what God is doing. There's no neutrality here. It's an active opposition. It's a warfare. It's a willful assault against God and his word. That's what we see here. If you see how it's described, right? They were filled with envy. and spoke against those things which were spoken by Paul. Contradicting and blaspheming. Jesus said in John 12:48, he that rejects me and receives not my words as one that judges him the word that I have spoken the same shall judge him in the last day the word that I have spoken the very word that you have heard is in your brain, it's in your memory It'll come again if you do not repent and believe the gospel. Rejected. They didn't thankfully receive God's word of peace, that word of his salvation, those glad tidings. They not only rejected it, but they persevered. They hardened themselves against what was good for them. This is a dreadful thing. And we should remember, this is not just something that the world has to deal with. But we as a church too. As I said earlier today, the judgment begins at the house of God. Why is our country the way it is? Could it be because we have not been that salt and that light that we should have been? Let's be encouraged what this Mike Johnson has started. Courageously, holding up the word of God. Carrying it with him gathering a number of times already with with others in the house in prayer who knows what the Lord will do yet one grain of salt at a time as I was thinking about it and talking with some of you about it yesterday about how much salt do you really put in food just a few sprinkles to flavor the whole dish Somehow we have always thought, I have always thought, that somehow if we would get a majority here in our government, it would go well with our country. We never had a majority of godly people in our country. But there were some f- godly few who s- were sprinkled in this society and made an influence in their, in their circles. God used it for good. The word of God's Salvation. Are you active for him? And maybe you think, well, how about being neutral? No, there is no neutrality here. It's for him or against him. One way or the other. Jesus said, he he that is not with me is against me. Solemn words. But the purpose of this, again, is not just to convict, but to convert. Paul's words to these people was not spoken out of anger or hatred against the Jews. He pleaded with the Jews. He wished, he said, I would be dead. I would lose all kinds of things if my brothers and and the Jewish brothers would be saved. He would give his life for them. We see it happening in our country, right? Romans 1, 8, 28, it says so plainly that even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Isn't that what's happening? It's not only wicked and perverse what's happening, it also doesn't make sense. Transgenderism. Where is the sinus, the science in all this? It's like God has given our country over to reprobate mind, but there's still voices. Being voices even today throughout the country from the pulpits. God is still speaking. He's calling us to awakening, to revival, to a refreshing, to a retreasuring of what we have. And it brings us to a third point, celebrate it. Celebrated. So the word of God is only not only anticipated by the Gentiles, but also celebrated, even though it is rejected and contradicted by the Jews. Contradict means simply to go against. Contra is against dict actually is the word dictum. Comes the word. word. It's against the word. It's back talk. That's why we call it children. If you sometimes your mom and dad say something and you don't quite like it you you kind of talk back that's actually you're contradicting you're back talking that's what these people were doing but the Gentiles were excited and the first thing that they celebrated was the salvation itself verse 46 the word of God spoken to them now because you Jews judge yourself unworthy of everlasting life you choose death over life, I will speak about life to the Gentiles. I turn, we turn to the Gentiles. You are called by my name, he's saying. He's saying, God is speaking to him. You are my people, God says. You, refle- you refuse to believe in me, and love me, and follow me. You're my people. I have to think about it again. My people. Now I'm God saying, you are Ami, my people, but you reject me. So now I'm going to those people that are not my people, the Gentiles. Lo Ami, they'll now become my people. The gospel net is thrown out wide for Jew and for Gentile. That means that Jews are rejected. If they repent and believe the gospel, they can be saved. The very moment they come back to God and acknowledge the Messiah. But it's through the downfall, through the unbelief of the Jews, that the gospel has come to us. My people now, I will make them my people. Those that were not my people, the Gentiles, I'll make them my people. They'll become my children by grace, through faith. The solas of the Reformation. Sola scriptura. It's so the first one, only, that means, only the scriptures as the final rule of authority and teaching. Sola gratia, grace alone. Sola fide, faith alone. Solus Christus, Christ alone. Soli Deo gloria, the glory of God alone. No patting on our backs. By grace, through faith how simple children that means that you can even be saved even when you say to the lord you're sorry i'm so sorry for my sins lord please forgive me for jesus sake and he will do it you don't have to become a learned pharisee to finally be accepted into the kingdom of god jesus said unless you become like one of these little children you cannot enter into the kingdom so totally counterintuitive countercultural for the jews and for other religions to climb up into heaven at least attempting that and the Apostle Paul quotes from the Old Testament in verse 47 so hath the Lord commanded us saying I've set thee Jews Israel to be a light of the Gentiles that you Thou shouldst be for salvation to the ends of the earth. The Lord says, I've set you apart as my people to bear witness to the rest of the world how gracious God you serve. But you failed in representing me, the Lord says. They had to be a light, but they were not. And The question is, are we? We are now God's separated people to be a light to those around us a little light in a dark place. You know, even a little light, if all these lights would be off right now and it would be also dark, the windows would be covered, even if I would have just a candle here, we could see quite a bit in this place. It doesn't have to be always big lights. It can be just a little light in a dark place. If all the lights be off and we just have this one candle here, we could probably see after a little while, our eyes would get adjusted, we can see pretty much everything. So we can at least be a little light, A, a little grain of salt. Give someone a glass of water in the name of Jesus. You see, it's not always about big things. It is actually never about big things unless the big thing is the Lord Jesus himself salvation of course we have to reflect that light indeed not to bear our own light not to reflect our own light John 8 verse 12 Jesus says I am the light of the world he that follows me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life John the Baptist realized that I must decrease he must increase Somebody said you have to, we have to carry the, the light on, the, on our back. We don't often see it ourselves, but others may see it. So Paul was called to be a, a chosen vessel, the Lord says to me, and bear my name before the Gentiles. And yet he started every time with the Jews. But he became the apostle of the Gentiles. So they celebrated... You see, they celebrated their salvation, but they also celebrated their election. Did you see that? In verse 48. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. The third time it's mentioned. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed... they began to understand the solid comfort that is in the very fact that every child of God is elect. I remember thinking about election as a stumbling block. But now I really realize it's a source of comfort. It's comfort. The word of God guarantees it. Those that are elect, they will come to the knowledge of salvation. It's the divine side, you could say, of evangelism. It was always in, in the heart of God. It was planned. It was prophesied. It is performed, I read somewhere. Planned from eternity. Prophesied in time and performed in time. And it's still being performed. Every one of the elect shall come to Christ. That's God's or the divine side of evangelism. We know that some people have, and I myself too, I remember years ago struggling with this, like Romans 9 verse 11, for the children being not yet born about Jacob and Esau, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works but of him who calls. Because the divine side of evangelism is God's plan. But it's also the the human side of evangelism It's God's means. It's both cases, God who does it. Not only in the election election as it was in eternity, but also how it unfolds in time. The means toward that goal. Act 49, the word of the Lord was published throughout all the region they could have sat back and God will do the work of election no they knew they had to get up and speak they had to publish it proclaim it tell other people that there is salvation with God so God ordained both the goal or the end as well as the means toward that end find a perfect balance there And I think it's always so beautiful that balance in John 6, 37. You find God's sovereignty and man's responsibility in one breath, in one sentence. All that the Father giveth me, the election, shall come unto me. So what is the the main emphasis and the main focus and outcome of being elect is coming to Christ. And of course that goes together with an awareness of sin. But if... Awareness of sin would be the main goal. What about all the people in hell? If anybody realizes what sin has done, it's the people in hell. But they didn't come to Christ. So the main evidence of being elect is coming to Christ. That's God's sovereign plan. But then the first goes on to say, it doesn't only say, all that the Father giveth me shall come unto me. But then he goes on to say, and him or whoever comes to me I will in no wise cast out. That's man's responsibility. So if you haven't come to Christ if you come to Christ today and you you confess your sins and put your trust in him Jesus says I will in no wise not cast you out. I will not cast you out. I will receive you. And I will receive you again and again because you see it's not just a one time conversion it's an ongoing thing. We keep coming back with our sins and confessing them and putting our trust in Christ. In no wise, I'll cast you out. You see, so the the point here is that we're not only saved, but safe because our our names are written in the book of life, they cannot be erased if we have been convicted of sin and prompted to flee to Christ we would not have done that out of ourselves it's an evidence that God is at work because by nature we would have done what the Jews did so as I said this morning to be convicted of sin is not pleasant but it's absolutely necessary and profitable because without that we would not flee to Christ we would fight him we would do like these Jews we would look, do like what Paul did at the beginning and many others who have resisted and persecuted the Christians throughout the ages because that was another outcome of the Reformation there was a severe persecution of those that rejected the teaching of the Roman Catholic Church many died on horrible ways there's nothing new under the sun is there not only saved as I said but saved Jesus told his disciples in Luke 10 verse 20 he said Rejoice, because your names are written in heaven. And that's the third aspect. Not only were they celebrating salvation and election, but they also, it was expressing their joy. You see, when I was thinking about that, and often uh, Calvinism is, or the Reformed faith, the faith that flows from the Reformation, is kind of looked at in a, in a despising derogatory way as if it is a fatalistic hope for the best somebody said this is what I read somewhere Calvinism is not a fatalistic hope for the best but a fabulous assurance of the best because we realize that by nature we wouldn't have done we wouldn't have gone we wouldn't have gone to the Lord Jesus but by grace we were made willing to confess and to trust Calvinism is not a fatalistic hope for the best but the fabulous assurance of the best. It's actually Arminianism that's hopeless because you never know if it's good enough. You can lose it. You, you can have it today and lose it tomorrow because there's no assurance because it depends on my faith and when my faith is gone or weak where is my assurance? This is what comforts the faith the people of God, the true believer, is that it's solidly rooted in God's eternal will. The secret will became known through his revealed will. And the secret will becomes known through his revealed will by those that are convicted of the sins and put their trust in Christ, which by nature, you and I would never do. And these people began to taste the joy of that. They began to taste something about that joy unspeakable and peace that passes understanding. They were overjoyed. We read in verse 48 already, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And they published it all around. And then we read in verse 52 again that the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. There was a time of excitement here. A spreading of the word of God. Isn't that amazing that a a bunch of these poor disciples that didn't understand Jesus at all during the three years after the Holy Spirit was poured upon them became a worldwide spreading of the gospel against all opposition, against all impossibilities, against all thoughts of what people expected. God did more than we can even ask or think. Maybe you you wonder about that joy. I do sometimes. I have a measure of it and peace. But to have the joy unspeakable. You see, maybe you never had that immense, overwhelming joy, but a measure of it and a desire to have more of it a longing for that, that you would not only be useful in the the spreading of the gospel, but benefit and be blessed yourself in order to be a blessing. If you want to be filled with joy, seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. How? Seek to be filled with the word of God. The more the word of God will Be stored in your mind, in your memory, in your affections, in your actions, the more you will begin to experience the joy. And the joy unspeakable is only a glimpse again of what will be revealed on the last day and into all eternity. Be filled with the Word of God. You know, when you're much into the Word of God, your regular way of thinking will even be affected even when you don't think about God, the way you think and speak and act is going to be part of who you are. And in order for us to stay humble and dependent on on the Lord and on his Holy Spirit, sometimes he keeps it from us, lest we be exalted above measure, like Paul was. And they often wonder about that that thorn in the flesh, but I, I read that and I see an angel of Satan buffeting him. A demon, of Satan, tormenting him. That's what the literal said. A demon tormenting him. So whatever it was physically, but I think it may be even more that the Apostle Paul was kept humble, so he would continue to rely on the Lord Jesus. As I said this morning, when Jesus said, "My strength shall be perfected in weakness." So that's the paradox that we have to deal with during this time when we are called to be witnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be filled with the word of God. Don't just read the word. Search it. Reflect upon it. Pray through it. Have some time every day with God by yourself, as a family. Bible studies, and as you men and women have here, Those are the ways that God works and causes us to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord. Prayerfully search it, but also search for him because those that seek shall find. Amen. Gracious God, we confess that we have fallen far short in what we ought to be. But we do pray, Lord, and we we are encouraged by what happened here in Antioch, in Pisidia, in Turkey. But Lord, we also are encouraged what's happened in the House of Representatives in America. And we do pray, Lord, that the focus on thy word may return. We have rejected thee. We have rejected thy word from our schools and other institutions. But Lord, we pray, bring it back as we've seen happening this week. It can happen. One man, one woman, one boy, one girl speaking thy word in all simplicity, in all humility, knowing that it won't depend on us, on our eloquence or whatever, our gifts, but on the power of thy word. The word is Alive! It's the living word. We are the dead people. We're dead in sins. The word always is alive. So even as believers, Lord, so often deadness reigns in us. Oh, revive us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.